Hey, hey, welcome back to Chew the Bible. It's your good friend, Aaron. Hope everyone is doing well. Um, it's wild. Rebu finally completed my background check. Finally. So I can finally start driving with them instead of Lyft. So as I told y'all before, I'm not a huge fan of Lyft. Sorry, Lyft. But y'all be y'all just don't have as many riders in this area. So I mean they exist, but you gotta drive like only during peak times and even then it's the app is kind of it's funny because a lot of my Lyft riders are like, Lyft is actually costs more money or yeah, a lot of Uber riders, Lyft riders say, Yeah, Uber Lyft is more expensive. But I'm like, I don't be seeing those payouts. <laughs> so anyway, right now they got some like crazy bonuses, but you got to do like what Lyft. Like they have one bonus. It's like five hundred something dollars, but you got to do like over a hundred something trips in a weekend. Like I'm like, who is out here doing over a hundred trips in three days? Like, you basically can't sleep. You would be driving. And the app only, like, cuts you off after 12 hours. So, anyway. But it was cool because the funny thing about my Rebu account being, uh, like, offline while they were completing my background check was um, I probably wouldn't have gone to those that tent revival. I wouldn't have gone to all the days, probably. I probably only gone to, like, one of the days. So I would have been tempted to work. And then, um, even though I really do need to get back to work ASAP because <laughs> these bills are piling back up. But um, what's the other thing? I probably wouldn't have uh, even gone to like the prayer meeting tonight. I probably would have skipped out because I don't go like, I don't always go every single Monday. But I'm lately. I I've been need, noticing. I've been realizing just my need for just community. And um, so yeah, and being single like it really helps to be in community. I think that's what helped Paul be single all those years is he had a strong community, and a lot of those deficits that you have that you're desiring companionship, you get it through friendships at church. So. I'm I'm gonna be going to like some kind of church event like every single day. Back to what I was doing used to do, yeah, Monday night prayer. I'm probably gonna go to the try to go to the prayer room on Tuesday. I'll probably be on one day off from going to anything church related. And then like Wednesday night, um uh, debating which location I wanna go to on Wednesday nights. Probably the cure. I'll lean toward going there. And then because even the Harmony, they have Wednesday night Bible study. And then I'll see if I can find something that happens on Thursday or Tuesday and Thursdays might be my day off. And then there's Friday night cure groups, like small groups. And there's Saturday morning prayer, 8 a.m. And then, of course, Sunday service. So. 
do 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 gonna go to it all. <laughs> and somehow in between, I really got to get away from doing Rebu. Like, that's what this whole situation taught me, is like, I really just need to sit down and plan my next move. I, I'm t- considering getting a job, I just, but, oh, Lord Jesus, I really... I'm going to have to have an angel come visit me in my sleep and be like, Aaron, I want you to work this particular job. That's all. Even then, I'll be like, is this really you, Lord? (laughs) I don't know if that was you. If that was you, I'll throw a Gideon's fleece out down. Anyway, a prayer tonight was really good. There was a guy that showed up who used to be a member of, of Harmony. Uh, Harmony Vineyard, but he lives in Georgia now, and he's part of YWAM. He lives in, like, Stone Mountain, Georgia. I should get his information so y'all can, like, give to his ministry. But I don't have the card in front of me right now. You know what? It's right here, actually. i pull my wallet out. Boom, 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 boom. He's a great guy. His name is Jonathan Weister. So the Jonathan, like Joe Nathan, J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N, W-E-I-S-T-E-R. He's with part of YWAM Atlanta. His email address, if you want to email him and encourage him, is J-S-W-E-I-S-T-E-R. Is that a J on the end? He he made his own business cards. And his handwriting, like, it's pretty good, but it's some this last letter. I should have asked him to clarify it. I'm going to assume that's a J at the end. I'll say Why would it be J Weister J? All right, well J W E yeah J S. So J S W E I S T E R J, at yahoo dot com. And then you can either give to him. He said he prefers if you give it. He gets the full amount, like paid more if you go, like for his ministry. Yeah, it goes to, if you go to YWAM Atlanta. Yeah, you do it like set up a bill pay to YWAM Atlanta, P.O. Box 1025. And YWAM is YWAM, just in case y'all don't know what YWAM is. Yeah, you, it stands for Youth with a Mission. Yeah, YWA. M Atlanta P.O. Box ten twenty five Grayson Georgia three zero zero one seven account or memo is eleven sixty. If you want to contact him directly, it's number six seven eight four three nine 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 two seven.
Y, or you can go to www.ywam at ywamatl or y yeah ywamatlanta.org. Ywamatlanta.org. Boom. Uh, if you want to learn more about YWAM, you can go to that website, ywamatlanta.org. See some of the great things that they're doing. Cool guy. Enjoy the prayer meeting tonight. Glad I was able to meet him. Uh, is there anything else? There's so many things came out of that prayer meeting. I was blessed by it. We were talking about light. God being being light. And the, uh, the guy that led the prayer meeting, um, the guy that normally leads it wasn't there tonight. He was away. He was traveling back from Topeka. Um, so this guy, Brad, brother Brad Boyd, who know he plays our guitar. He led it, and he gave us like three scriptures. A couple of those were out of like, one was out of John, one was out of like First John. I can't remember which ones they were, but it was good. It was good. It was real good. All right, we are in Genesis 11. There's probably so much more I could say, but y'all know me. I'll just be talking, 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 and won't even get around to the word. So let's get to the word. Oh, now my... <clears throat> Bible app is for some reason it's updating. Perfect timing, huh? Alright, here we go. Uh good thing I'm on Wi-Fi. Ooh, Amanda Ling Gomez likes your verse image. I have this friend, uh young lady friend I met on this app called Live Me. A few years ago, very sweet young lady. She's studying to be a, studying to be a psychologist. We're friends on uh, the Bible app. If you want to be my friend on the Bible app, you can just look my name up. Uh, I think there's a way to look me up, Aaron Yancey. I'm the black dude with the cap and gown holding a little tiny baby girl with a pink outfit on. That was my daughter, Leah, at my graduation when I graduated from Bradley. That's me. Um, I don't really do any Bible studies right now. People send me requests to do Bible studies with them. I haven't done one in a while. Or a reading plan. I probably should do one. In fact, yeah, this guy Brian, one of my buddies, he asked me to do I'm going to do it. I'm going to accept his invitation. There you go. Um... Anyway, yeah, Amanda Lane Gomez, very beautiful young lady. We used to talk on WhatsApp, but I told her I was getting to, uh, <laughs> I don't know what I told her. I think I might have said something to her about, oh, I was probably not a good idea for us to talk anymore. I was starting to get really attached to her. And um, she lives in Brazil, Minas, Minas Gerais, that's how you say it. Yeah, if I lived in Brazil, I don't know what I would do with myself. There's just so much eye candy. Oh my goodness, temptation. Not a good place for a single man. I don't know if I don't know if Paul Apostle Paul could have stayed single if he was in Brazil. That yeah. Uh, real quick, I was talking to this guy at the cure. Uh, I was I went to his couple cure group a few times 
and I was telling him why I hadn't, like, one of the reasons why I stopped going to that church for a while is because they had so many, like, young, beautiful women. And I was like, it's a lot of, it was just one of, it was on the bottom of the list of reasons why I stopped going there, but, um, yeah, it's not easy doing this whole single life stuff and being surrounded by beautiful women. It's not just beautiful women, but beautiful women that love Jesus, too. On top of that, nothing more attractive. Um, but yeah, what was I going through that? Oh, yeah, he said, well, it sounds like you don't have the gift of singleness. I was like, nah, as much as I, yeah, I'm shocked that, you know, who knows what, I don't know. I've made every day I go without and being in a relationship, I'm like, wow, we did it another day. We can do it another day. And you start to realize, like, it's not that bad, but, yeah. If y'all knew some of the imaginations I have to, like, consistently, like, cast down to, like, live this single life. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty, it's, it's a battle every day. And I think it would have been easier if my eyes hadn't been open to that world. Like, if I had never looked at pornography as a young boy, like, starting at the age of whenever I started, the eight, eight, I think is when I started looking at porn. And if I had never experienced being married and that whole life, yeah. I think, honestly, I think I could have lived a single celibate life for a lot longer than I did but I think because I opened that door so early in life that's what made it hard and just the things that I was watching like the movies the shows the music I was listening all the R&B talking about love all that stuff like open the door that's all that one scripture in Proverbs I think it's Proverbs or Ecclesia or um, Song of Songs Song of Solomon one of them scriptures talk about not I think it's Song of Solomon not opening love or something before it's time. I don't know what it, I'm going to quote it. Here I go talking. Don't open love before it's time. Don't awaken love. Hey, a Song of Solomon, chapter 8, verse 1. I would give you spice wine to drink <gasps> the nectar of my pomegranates. His left arm is under my head, and his right arm embraces me. Daughters of Jerusalem, I charge you, do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires. Or some translations say, do not stir up. Yeah, and the message says, don't excite love. Don't stir it up until the time is ripe and you're ready. Now, there's a whole got questions stuck. Or article about this. I'm going to read this real fast. And then we're going to get into Genesis chapter 11. Y'all just going to have to forgive me. Um... All right, 
In the Song of Solomon, why does it say that we shouldn't awaken love until it pleases? Three times in the Song of Solomon, the daughters of Jerusalem are given this charge. Do not stir up or awaken love until it pleases. The NIV's wording is similar. Do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires. Yeah, this, from, this is all from Song. It says it three times. Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 7. Song of Solomon, chapter 3, verse 5. And Song of Solomon, chapter 8, verse 4. The NIV's wording is similar. Do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires. With the threefold repetition, this command can be considered a refrain and become a theme running through the song. The speaker addresses the daughters of Jerusalem, young, unmarried women in Israel's capital city and gives them some wise advice. Do not awaken love until it pleases. It's a Solomon charge given by one who has found true love and is experiencing its joys. Do not attempt to arouse or awaken love. Don't stir it up. Love should be allowed to rest until it awakes on its own. The meaning seems to be this. True love, that which is worthy of being called love, should be spontaneous. Hmm. Yeah, that's the reason why I'm not on the the Bible. I mean, not the Bible app. The uh, the dating apps. I want something organic and spontaneous. There is danger in trying to force love, or to stir up passions before their time. There is a tendency, especially among the young, to fall victim to puppy love, or to mistake infatuation for true love, which happened to me in college. The speaker in Song of Solomon would save us much grief. The, the charge not to awaken love until it pleases is a warning against entering romantic relationships too young. It is a warning against becoming so desperate to find love that we start looking for it in all the wrong places. Wicking Penub in all the wrong places. Wicking Penub. It is, for those of y'all that know, you know. From Saturday Night Live, Eddie Murphy. All right, um, where was I? Uh, get all distracted. Yeah, looking for love in all the wrong places. All right, it is a warning against trying to manufacture feelings of love where there were none to begin with. I feel that way sometimes with my um, <laughs> my like long distance platonic friends, the one in St. Louis, the one in uh, Sacramento, like. Yeah, sometimes my emotions get the best of me and like I want to force something that's not really there. Yeah, I have to be careful. All right, NLT translates Song of Solomon 2-7 in a way that emphasizes the need for proper timing. Promise me, O women of Jerusalem, not to awaken love until the time is right. Waiting is never easy in matters of the heart. Waiting may be even more difficult, but waiting for the right one at the right time has prevented many a broken heart. Let love rise naturally. Let affection be without affectation. The result will be beautiful. If a relationship is to move on to the next level, then it will do so without artifice or stratagem. If romance is God's intention, the romance will come. No need to press it. True love is special. It cannot be ginned up or ginned up. And it cannot be manipulated. Romantic feelings should not be stirred too early. 
Let them sleep until it's time for them to wake. The wording wording of the adjuration is interesting and quite significant. In two instances, the charge makes an appeal to Fana. Here is the whole of Song of Solomon 2.7. I adjure you, O daughters of Jerusalem, by the gazelles or the does of the field, that you not stir up or awaken love until it pleases. Using beautiful imagery, the speaker underscores the truth that love must have freedom. Wow. Just as gazelles and deer are free to roam, so love have freedom to move in our hearts in its own time and in its own way. Love should be not be manipulated any more than a gazelle should be fettered or caged. Wow, that just shows us like how Jesus, like I'm just thinking about Jesus, how I love with Jesus, our relationship with him, how he doesn't control us. You know, you've been in, heard people talk about they're in a controlling relationship with their husband or girlfriend or boyfriend. Like, yeah, it's not, not, true love does not manipulate. It is not forced. It's not, I always say Jesus is a gentleman. He doesn't force himself on anybody. He doesn't manipulate us and he doesn't, um, and there's freedom. God gives us free will to roam and do what we want. He desires for us to not have idols in our hearts and put things before him, but he doesn't like force us to spend time with him. It's interesting. When the time is right, love will bloom. Until then, wisdom advises us to guard our hearts. It will be worth the wait. Yeah, I remember, I think I told you I was part of this thing called True Love Waits when I was in high school. Your parents gave you like a little bracelet, promise bracelet and all that kind of stuff. You were supposed to wait to, you know, have relations until, uh, until marriage. Um... But it just reminds me also, like, with Jesus, like, our, however much time you have here on this earth, there's this waiting period. We're all waiting to see Jesus when our relationship, yeah, and, like, they talk about the Bible, the Bible talks a lot about the bride of Christ and how, yeah, Jesus is coming back for his bride and... Yeah, Song of Solomon in a lot of ways represents the bride of Christ, even though, yeah, so. All right, enough of that. We are in Genesis chapter 11. Genesis chapter 11. Ooh, 23 minutes used up already. Universal language, Babel confusion. Now the whole earth... Oh, no, I don't want to read out the Amplified Version. I'm going to do the King James. And the whole earth was of one language. Wow, that's crazy, too. I literally was just... The guy at church today, at the prayer meeting, was talking about how the leader of YWAM, uh, the guy who... The founder of YWAM said basically the world will be... The Tower of Babel is going to be upside down. Like, everything's going in reverse. Like, that's why they're trying to translate the Bible in everybody's respective language. Because um, basically, people are going to be able, like, all speaking their native tongue. 
in heaven, but we'll be able to like understand each other. Anyway, I'll have to go look and see what that prophecy is about. He was talking about how the Tower of Babel was going to be in reverse, but just upside down. But, uh, all right, why would God have all these languages? And then, yeah, that's beautiful languages. And then all of a sudden, when we get to heaven, we all speak one language. I mean, that would be boring. I mean, we wouldn't probably care because it's heaven. But something beautiful about I love the sound of Spanish and Portuguese and French. Oh, my goodness. Have you ever heard of a woman with a, I mean, there's anybody with a French accent. It's like, whoa. They just sound, it's a beautiful language. It sounds so, like, it could be <laughs> it could be somebody you're not attracted to at all at all physically, but they start speaking that French, you're like, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Oh, it's funny. It could be Pepe Le Pew, there you go. Pepe Le Pew could be speaking French. And you're like, Wow, that's a cute Pepe. Anyway, and the whole earth was of one language and of one speech, and it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there, and they said one to another, Go to let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime had they for mortar, and they said, Go to let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven and let us make a name lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the earth and the lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded and the lord said behold the people is one and they have all one language and this they begin to do and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do go to let us go to let us go down and there confound their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of the, all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Therefore is the name of it called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. <clears throat> not only did God scatter them, but there's this little thing we learned about in school. What's it called? Pangea. Which, it's crazy. Like, if you look at... If you look at, like, a map of what it's believed the world used to look like before... Before Pangea, like everything split. I don't think I've ever actually looked at this. Because the pieces, the puzzle pieces, speaking of puzzles, oh yeah, I finally, it's while I finished this puzzle I've been working on. There's this puzzle in my, I think I told y'all, this puzzle that my dad had is bird, big old bird. With it's like a big bird, and then and within the birds, all these little birds and like butterfly, a butterfly, and like just cool stuff. It almost looks like an Amazon picture, like the Amazon, the Amazon, not Amazon dot com, the Amazon, or like what you would see in Rio or something. 
Anyway, I think I told you my son stopped doing it because he he was about to do it. And then he realized, like, oh, it doesn't have square corners. It's just rounded corners. He wanted it to be simple. And um, anyway, I ended up starting to do it. I started it on, what's today? Today is now Tuesday. I started on Sunday night. This finished it finished it like around midnight today a little after midnight and um i of course took breaks in between but probably took me at least five hours total to do the whole thing but um where's i going with this i took a bunch of notes too about like puzzles and how just observations about things I learned as I was putting the puzzle together. And, um, yeah, just been thinking a lot just how life is one big puzzle, but then with there's, like, these puzzles within the puzzle. Like, the cool thing about the puzzle, when I was doing it, like, I found these little, like, Easter eggs. <laughs> like, when you say, when I say Easter egg, like, in video games, they have, they have these things called Easter eggs where, like, there's these cool like um hidden gems or meaning or things in the within the game or within like in this case the puzzle. It's like, oh that's cool. Neato. I didn't know that was that yeah. Like so like t- three of the things I noticed were near the beak of this bird, like two of the puzzle pieces put together like made the shape of a heart. Like like this a perfect heart within this this puzzle and then two of the puzzle pieces made a butterfly and it's crazy because it made it was like right next to an actual picture of the butterfly that was formed through the puzzle it's hard to explain what i'm saying uh it's easier for me to show you than to tell you but then like the puzzle pieces actually form the shape of a butterfly and then there was like i noticed like from the eye of the bird on this puzzle like it turned into like waterfalls and i was like oh it's kind of like a crying bird but the tears created this like beautiful cascading waterfall that like flowed into like this sea and it just paired it was paired like everything that flowed from the tears is paradise just like wow this is like a metaphor for life this whole puzzle it's like dad thanks so much for buying this puzzle and never putting it together because like i would have not appreciated it back then the way i do now and i was listening to these different worship songs as i was putting the puzzle together i was like this is my life god was just speaking to me just like how He's got this. It's all in his hands. My life is in his hands. Yeah, this one song is playing. My life is in your hands. Jesus, I can make it. I know that I can stand. No matter what may come my way. My life is in your hands. The song is by my. It's called "My Life Is in Your Hands." I think it's sung by Brooklyn Tabernacle. I think I feel like I remember singing that song as a kid in a children's choir years ago as a kid. Anyway, um, 
That's one of the things I was going to say about the puzzle. Anyway, yeah, so yeah, this puzzle right here. Boom, I'm looking at it. And, okay, let's look at this. So, United States is right next to Canada, of course. Greenland was, like, on the top of Canada. I'll turn everything up. Attention to see how Antarctica... was east of South Africa. India is directly above Antarctica. Australia is to the right of Antarctica. Brazil was like right next to Africa, like Nigeria. Yeah, it's like Africa, the whole continent of Africa, like this fits Brazil like a glove, pretty much. Well, wow, this is crazy. To actually, I remember studying it in school, but it's crazy to actually see it on a map. China was way up north. The northernmost part. Interesting. Where was Hawaii? Hawaii probably didn't even exist. Because Hawaii came from an island. Anyway, just y'all take some time to go look at a just go look at a, a Pangean map. And it will pretty much it's kind of mind blowing to look at. trying to think what this shape reminds me of this shape of the world like the Pangean world what does this shape remind me of it almost looks like a human face with an eyeball like where the waters are Almost looks like, yeah, half of a human face. It really looks like a human head. That is kind of wild. Like this one picture really makes it look like a human face. Wow, I'll never look at a map the same. Sorry, y'all. I go, my brain goes down some wild rabbit holes sometimes. All right. We just talked about Babel. Therefore, and this is this name of it called Babel because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth. From hence, from thence did 
thee, Lord, scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. Ancestors of Abraham, these are the generations of Shem. We're in verse 10. Shem was an hundred years old and begat Arphaxad two years after the flood. And Shem lived after he begat Arphaxad five hundred years and begat sons and daughters. And Arphaxad lived five and thirty years and begat Shelah or Selah. And Arphaxad lived after he begat Selah four hundred years, four hundred and three years, and begat sons and daughters and Selah lived 30 years and begat Eber and Selah lived after the he begat Eber 403 years and begat sons and daughters and Eber lived 430 years and begat Peleg and Eber lived after he begat Peleg 430 years and begat sons and daughters and Peleg or Peleg I want to say lived 30 years and begat Reu and Peleg left, lived after he begat Reu 209 years and begat sons and daughters. Whew, they begats. And Reu lived two and thirty years and begat Serug. And Reu lived after he begat Serug 207 years and and begat sons and daughters and Serug lived 30 years and begat Naor and Serug lived after he begat Naor 200 years and begat sons and daughters and Naor lived 9 and 20 years why did you say 29 and begat Terah and Naor lived after he begat Terah and 119 years and begat sons and daughters and Terah lived 70 years and begat Abram, Naor and Haran now these are the generations of Terah. Terah begat Abram. Abram's the star of the show. Abraham and Lot. Naor and Haran and Haran begat Lot. And Haran died before his father Terah in the land of his nativity. In Ur of the Chaldees. And Abram and Naor took them wives. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai. In the name of Naor's wife, Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah, and the father of Iscah. Thus Sarai was barren, she had no child, and Terah took Abram his son, and Lot the son of Haran, his son's son, and Sarai his daughter-in-law, and his, his son, Abram's wife. And they went forth with them from Ur to the, of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan, and they came unto Haran. And dwelt there in the days of Terah, where two hundred and five years, and Terah died in Haran. Sorry, y'all. This Pangean map is just like blowing my mind, y'all. I want a Pangean puzzle now. When. Did Pangea occur about three hundred to two hundred million years ago? 
late Paleozoic era until the very late Triassic. The continent we now know as North America was contiguous with Africa. They all existed as a single continent called Pangaea. And isn't it wild that we have seven continents, which is the perfect number, <laughs> God's number? Oh, man, it's like when you really start, like, analyzing this Bible stuff, man, just like God, it's like he gives us these glimpses of his glory, but he doesn't show us a full picture. Apparently, even in heaven, like, we're still going to be learning things about God, like, he's just going to be, like, showing off, like, who he is because he's infinite it's impossible for our human minds to know it's it was crazy that the naive or seriously thought she could be like god and know everything and adam's saying by eating the fruit like it's impossible you can't be like god no one can be omniscient like god now, he will reveal things to us, but even then, there's still always be things that we're learning about him because he's infinite. There's going to be galaxies on galaxies on galaxies. We'll be able to just... Like, just think about it. When I was a kid, I was close out with this. If you wanted to, like, learn something... There was no Google. Like my grandma had this whole collection of encyclopedias in her living in her uh yeah, her little dining room area. Um next to where the table we used to play Scrabble on. And nowadays, like that same encyclopedia is on the internet and it's like them they call this like the information age or whatever. Like it's because the internet, like, information is, like, multiplying in the millions every second. Like, there's so much information out there, y'all. Lately, I have to, I've had to, like, stop looking at news as much, like, and stop listening to as many podcasts. It's, like, it's becoming the B word. Like, I know my brain is a computer, and it's, like... It can only hold so much information at a time. <laughs> and if I try to put too much in there, it just... Yeah, my brain sometimes is like, dude, what are you doing? Anyway, I, can, I don't mind learning more and more information about Jesus and his word, but all this other stuff, I'm like, nah, I'm good on you. Yeah, yeah, y'all can... Go clutter up somebody else's brain. Heavenly Father, thank you for this word. Thank you for this time in your word. There's so much stuff that I... What is that one scripture? No mind, no man has seen, no, no eye has seen, no ear has heard the things prepared for those who love God. Let me find the scripture. No eye... Has seen. Yeah, First Corinthians two nine. 
No eyes, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no human mind has known. Oh God, prepare these things for those who love Him. No, what no eye has seen, what no ears heard, and what no human mind has conceived—the things God has prepared for those who love Him. I need to go read the context of this scripture. What was he talking about? Let me, read, let me look at this whole. Now I'm curious. Sorry, I'm going to go a little bit longer. Because I'm just like on a, like a little tangent binge. All right, 1 Corinthians 2. What was Mr. Paul talking about? And I'm not doing it in Spanish tonight. I'll do that in the morning. Because uh, I'm feeling a sleepy bug. All right, here we go. How be it we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor are the princes of this world that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Oh, this is so beautiful. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. So there's things that God has prepared for us before the foundation of the world. Specifically, this hidden knowledge, this hidden manna, this hidden food treasures for us to enjoy but only for those who have a relationship with jesus christ and people of the world who have no relationship with him who have no desire to have a relationship or try to have a relationship with god through these alternative means through false gods little g's like and um I won't say these the names of these other religions, but you know, any other religion that doesn't profess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I'm not going to pick on any one religion. But anybody who does not proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and as Jesus Christ is the only way, the truth and life, the only way to the Father to have a relationship with God. Anybody that does that or talks about, yeah, being enlightened, um, finding wisdom and yeah outside of jesus christ they will miss out on this stuff verse 10 but god hath revealed them unto us by his spirit for the spirit searcheth all things yeah the deep things of god for what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of man which is in him even so the things of god knoweth no man but the spirit of god now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit, 
of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Man, this is so powerful. All right, y'all. We'll close it out there. Until next time, I'll holla. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned or missed the mark or veered off the path and fallen short of the glory of God or God's perfect standard. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of the cost of that sin is death or eternal separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Romans 5a says, But God demonstrated his love toward us or showed his love toward us in that while we were still yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Romans 10 verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will not might be, not maybe, we will be saved. For with our hearts we believe we are now in right standing with God, and with our mouths we confess that we are now saved. Lastly, Romans 10 verse 13 says that whosoever, anybody, everybody, who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So if you've never asked Jesus into your heart, or you've walked away from him, and you would like to rededicate your life to him, you can just simply say, Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my Savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty, precious name I pray. Amen.